Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast. I am your host, David Palermo, and as always, if you don't, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you find your podcast, and uh, tell a friend, a friend about it. If you enjoy what I talk about here, um, just tell a friend, try to be accurate, we do our thing, and uh, have great guests. I have Kevin Masseri on the line, and um, we're going to get into the playoff drought being finally over. I mean, can you believe it? I, I was accused from my new wife that I didn't even cry at her wedding. And it's like, no, I did. I had to wait to get down to the chairs, and then I really bawled. And I did. I won't lie to you. Try to be honest here. But um, I just couldn't believe it. And I've kept on crying when I watch these player videos. And, you know, you think about the players like Kyle Williams and, and Eric Wood and the forgotten ones like Fred Jackson and maybe even a Steve Johnson, people who actually tried to put Buffalo on the map and get some kind of respect. And because uh, for a while there, Dick Duran unfortunately brought some very sterile football. And uh, Perry Fuel was like the highlight to me of Dick Duran football. And, um, you know, so along the way through this podcast journey, um, it started out with me in my underwear uh, sitting on my bed and talking into the pot into the MacBook without a mic. And uh, that's how I did my first one because my boy, Anthony Hayward, and shout out to uh, Paul. If you know Paul, a.k.a. Sloth, wait, we carry Paul. We've had him on the podcast. Um, they had this rap group called Neon King Kong, and I know they rapped into their MacBook, and somehow it sounded all right, and I'm like, get the hell out of here. So I just did it and was had a logo that Dave Larson took a picture of me eating a hot dog. And it was almost just the purpose of it was uh, – to kind of go against the dark side. I feel there's a lot of dark media out there on the bills over the years, and there's got to be some kind of light brought to the table. And uh, I think there's a lot of conversations audio-wise that were not happening um, and needed to be heard. And, I mean, the concept for this podcast came from that, which is let's try to interject not necessarily positivity, but be objective. Every year is a new year, and as much as this year of shredded coaches, it's – because I want to see players being used. And we'll dive into that with Kevin Missouri in a, in a second here. But um, really, I just want to take a minute here just to give a, a, a personal shout out to everybody who's been a fan to the Bills and, and blogged and done whatever it's taken to especially put something objective out there, a more objective narrative. Like, hey, maybe it's not always the players. Hey, maybe it's not always the coaches. Maybe the GM is handcuffed. Maybe a marketing guy is in the way or not. At least let's have that discussion. And thanks to the Bills fans and social media actually blowing up where players are accessed even easier, it's great to see startups come and go from blogs and inspiring other things and next thing you know um i go from my underwear onto the sidelines thanks to eric turner at cover one for working himself really hard and and believing me off the jump and um that means the world to me that to actually have somebody i respect highly i mean to go on a website that you have no problems with you know how to navigate very easily and the video edits are not annoying and the music doesn't suck Come on, CoverOne.net, I've always hyped it, and I really stand behind it. There's a reason for it. The content is second to none, and what he's done with Grandstand Sports Network, who we're brought to you by and got on the sidelines of training camp, I mean, that's a big deal to me. Maybe I mentioned it a bunch, but 
I've always looked at myself like the dude who plays music and got into sports to get my mind off of playing music because then I obsess over it and then I kind of disappoint myself. So, like, let's follow uh, the Bills again. And, you know, got really heavy into it during the Duran years. Had a bunch of years off from going to shows and stuff like that. Really didn't care much about football as much as I used to, but I've always maintained playing Madden. So I've kept up on rosters and really what's going on generally. But as far as, like, dissecting coaching staffs, you know, 10 years ago I was on job sites with the guy Tom McKilly. And that guy we've had on the podcast. And discussions were, and that was like the last year of Dick Chiron, or last two years of Dick Chiron. And the discussions were always, man, the team isn't that bad. Only if they had a quarterback that just didn't check down. Man, the team isn't that bad. Only if they did this, they did that. And, you know, the Bills can't get any players. And that stigma was true. But then you see a guy like Chan Gailey come in, and you see the offense put up points with guys we've never heard of. It set off this trend of Bills Mafia, Nick Barnett, and and all that stuff, you know, uh, and Dal Reed coining it, or I don't think Dal Reed, there's a whole backstory. I'll get Dal Reed on the podcast. I saw him at training camp. We meant to link up. But really, I think the Bills has always been like a grassroots movement kind of thing, and it's brought to you by the fans. And without the fans, I don't think you can really support the team. So for me personally, it's a huge deal to – go from reading comments and being a commenter on little message boards, being trying to be a part of a, I I believe is more of a movement of like, let's get to the bottom of this. Are the bills really that bad or what's going on? And I would just be really written to um, interjecting conversations with other fans and dissecting everything from top to bottom and it doesn't take much I think to to really help teams out and what I mean by that is the fan base the players love the fans and and if you're from western New York it's very hard to get up and shovel your driveway I mean I'm in Rochester and I swear to you I thought I was going to drop dead rolling my garbage can to the end of my driveway and then I had to bring my other garbage can to the end of my driveway because I decided to clean out my basement well great timing Dave and anyways so what I'm getting at here is it's hard to be up here and I really cannot stand the fact that Buffalo gets a bad rap when it's one of 32 teams to play in so if we can make it easier for the players what I would like to do is, you know, interject, hey, nice play out there. That was great. Not tag him and say he sucks while you're out at the bar, be a douche There's no point in that. But you got guys, again, like Eric Turner at cover one. What's he do? He makes videos of players. He breaks them down, and they end up really liking it and get in contact with him and hit him up. Hey, man, thanks for that. They show him the love that he, he deserves. And... I think through that, it's taken the load from the fans, have helped taken the load and the pressure off the players, I at least hope. You know, because some players like Steve Johnson came into the city and they embraced Buffalo. You know, Fitzmagic too. Fred Jackson, Aaron Williams. I just wish we had all those guys, you know, to be here this season. 
you know, and I, I just think it would be just incredible, you know. Um, I want to see those guys do well, and Kevin and I are going to, you know, and their lives, and Kevin and I are going to dive into that, but really, this podcast will be about the drought, about the fans, and um, essentially, where do we go from here as Bills fans, you know, so... Shout out to the Bills, the coaching staff, the owners, right off the bat from myself, David Palermo, because I'm that important, I'll tell you who it is again, and uh, behalf of Numb Bills Fan Podcast and NumbBillsFan.com, um, you know, thanks for pulling it together and making it happen. Um, but I hope overall we all learned a, a valuable lesson that it really isn't that bad, and you know, things just need to fall the Bills' way. And the fact that it didn't take many other opportunities for things to fall the Bills' way luck-wise as far as tiebreakers, et cetera, et cetera, over the years is just odd. And that's why, like, when the Bills went all their NFC games, when Jim Schwartz was the defensive coordinator, it's like that doesn't matter. You got to get those AFC wins. And thanks to this year, getting the AFC wins, there it is. Um, but before I roll in with Kevin, I just have to give credit where credit is due. Uh, Mike Smith, we've had him on before. I call him Fantasy Smitty. He likes to be called Smitty. Okay. I love Mike Smith. He's a huge Bills fan. We have him on the podcast all the time. But on November 1st, podcast number 153 of 2017, called Tyrod Taylor Breaking the Flutie Curse, and Mike also resets the Flutie Curse. So here is credit where it's due from Mike Smith, and then on the flip side, we'll be back with Kevin Masseri for a few minutes. So lastly, man, um, I mean, we usually talk fantasy football together. Uh, what do you think about overall Tyrod Taylor's progression here? I thought he played. His, I thought he played a solid. A, a solid game, and I've watched a lot of Bills football with you. I've never been on the Tyrod Taylor's got to go bandwagon. I've always been, he's managing the game the best he can. I mean, without a line and without proper protection and people getting open, you can only do so much. You, If you're not open and your receivers are locked down all over the field, I mean, unless you are a truly elite quarterback, which how many of those are there, it doesn't matter. You're not going to be able to complete passes. So what he's been able to do with what he's worked with is, is more than exceptional, and he fits. He fits what the Bills are able to do. And honestly, I was listening to a few – people on the radio, there's talks in the national syndicates that Tyrod Taylor at this point in his career is better than Cam Newton. And if you said that to a lot of Bills fans, like Tyrod Taylor is better than Cam Newton, they would not see it that way. But nationally, people are seeing it that way. So um, I say just keep on riding the wave. 
and there's no reason why we can't slide into the playoffs and Yo, break I, I got the a, Flutie curse. I got, oh, dude, the legendary Flutie curse. You the brought legendary up. Flutie the, curse, give, a, give the people the background of the Flutie curse, and then I got to go back to Cam and Tyrod, but give it up real quick. We talked about it All before, right. but not everybody listens to the fantasy the, leg- the legendary Flutie curse obviously happened with the Buffalo Bills, what is it, 17 years ago at this point, when Doug Flutie wins enough games, the Bills have secured a playoff position, they got a home start, and things are good, and they're like, you know what, Doug, take a day off, we're going to let... <laughs> I love gonna, you say it. We're going to let Johnson play this game, we don't want you to get hurt, and, you know, that'll be great. You know, we'll see you in you know a couple weeks, you know, play this playoff game. Well, Johnson came in there against those wonderful Tampa Bay Bucks at the time, and he lit him up. No, was it Tampa Bay Bucks or was it the Colts? You know what? I can't remember who he played, but it was one of those. Either the Bucks or the Colts. Lit him up. Went off. And then, like, oh, my God, this is the guy we signed. He's amazing. Let's play him in this playoff game. Although he did not play bad and – to no fault of his own did they actually lose, but that Miracle City throwback, people not staying in their lanes, and, uh, you know, that was the last the last time they were in the playoffs right there. So we're looking to break the Flutie curse. And what I find great about it is we have a quarterback like Doug Flutie. He's not the best. He doesn't have the strongest arm. He's not this, he's not that, but he's mobile. He can scramble around in the pocket, and he can make plays like you would not believe. So um, he's got a little flutie factor in him, and he's going to break the flutie curse. Okay? Obviously, he's bigger and faster, but beyond being bigger and faster, he, he, he's got that flutie magic. So he is going to break the flutie curse with the flutie magic. Okay? T-Mobile is going to get it done for us this year. All right, well, I played that earlier for uh, Kevin Masseri, who is now on the line, and I wanted to just grab Kevin for a few minutes. He had some technical difficulties, but I'm sure I'll grab him on for a, a, my, uh, actually a playoff preview. Um, so, Kevin, real quick, drought's over, man. How did you react, and what did you feel? Well, you know, Dave, I felt a pure form of euphoria. I mean, for me, it was more surreal than it was anything else. Like, I wasn't crying. I wasn't in tears like many other people. Um, For me, Dave, it was a more euphoric feeling of like, wow, that's surreal. As much as I've always done the playoff scenarios, most people follow me for playoff scenarios to actually see one of them unfold. At the end, when I didn't really think it would happen, it kind of was more of just a shocking, surreal feeling um, for me personally. Now, where were you last time that, you know, like, what, like, where were you when this all went down? Andy Dalton throws that pass. I was crying. Um, I couldn't believe it. My wife goes, why are you screeching so high? Like, and, and then I just started crying on the couch. And she came over and helped me. Just say my wife. <laughs> my wife came and helped me. And then. I couldn't believe it. So, I mean, I, I just felt so good for Kyle Williams, Eric Wood, the players, the stigma of Buffalo sucking. I mean, Sean McDermott took a risk coming here. He's a well-sought-out coach. I've given him some flack, 
but they made the right adjustments during the game. I thought they used, you and I have been calling for just, hey man, just use the players how they should be used, and they did for the most part. Tolbert looked good. Like, yep. you know, and all we've been asking was just use them. So, I mean, every, all the play, everything, like your whole sandwich of emotions of being a kid, like, how did you come out with it? Looking forward towards the playoffs. I mean, give me a minute here. Like, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, I was glad to see that game. I actually was not happy about the second half of that game at all. Um, I thought they once again, although had a really great first half in performance, they shelled up, ran the ball. Mike Tolbert played fine. I still didn't like the lack of aggression to end the game. Um, I, I just there's times when the cover two zone kills me and in games when you're winning those are the times when it kills me the most i just think they need to have a little bit more of a of an aggressive attitude um to finish off games so that you know they, they need to recover an onside kick three straight special teams penalties um outside of that though dave i was you know still very happy i pretty much was watching the tennessee baltimore game i was streaming that or excuse me cincinnati baltimore game i was streaming that on another computer while the game was on. And then the second CBS flipped over to it, I flipped a red zone actually, because it was like a couple of seconds ahead mm-hmm. um, and the feed. So I was watching red zone um, and, you know, you just kind of see fourth and 12 Andy Dalton, who's who looked awful in the second half. Really? He did um, just make one literally, literally made one throw. I mean, that was all the, that, was, that was all we needed as defense played pretty well in the first half and played like terrible in the second half. So, for me, it was a euphoric feeling. I was in my living room streaming multiple games, looking at scenarios, and um, just for it all to come together in the fourth quarter just made it go crazy, Dave. Like As compared to, let's say, Cincinnati was just blowing them out, I think mm-hmm. it would have been way less of a feeling. Just the way it happened, I think, was just special. It'll probably never happen like that again. Yeah, I, I honestly immediately felt like a broke loser. And, and you and I were actually going to podcast yesterday, but we ended up just shooting the skinny for 40 minutes talking about the game and our emotions and it's like you know it's embarrassing as a quote-unquote man to, to cry but um it's like man it's pretty uh you know it's a pretty special thing you know for for, sure. for it's like i just want to be able to analyze the bills without having to mention the drought or the quarterback or whatever and it's like it's a new season oh, that day is near that day is near dave where you know you don't have to worry about the drought anymore more than anything, even if I really want them to beat Jacksonville so that they can say they've won a playoff game. Um, after that, like if they go and get crushed by New England, I'm cool with it. I think um, they don't they play Pittsburgh. No, they they go to New England one versus six. Oh, I would love that matchup. I New England gets to play that. the lowest rated oh, team. So if I the Bills love, win, they automatically I, play New England. Too. I would love to see the Bills and the Patriots again. Um, it's going to come down to who's in the game. Don't give yeah. a shit. I just want to see Brady possibly have a chance to get his face clabbered in. Um, And, you know, credit to Tyrod Taylor for doing a Brady-esque play of throwing the ball 40 yards, kind of not catchable, sort of catchable. And next thing you know, I think it was Deontay Thompson ends up with the P.I. call on him, so um, on the defender covering him. So it was great. You know, what did you think about Tyrod before I let you go? Yeah, yeah, before I take off here, um, Tyrod definitely played a solid football game. I think he was the best player for the Bills on the field uh, on offense. I don't think it's any doubt. He's, he's still making throws. He, do, he does miss occasional reads. He is able to con- uh, break, contain, and make plays with his feet. I'd love to see him run more this week. I mean, it's a do-or-die game. I don't think you need to hold anything back. You don't need to worry about him getting injured. If he does, he does. Um, I just think you go out there and give it your all, and that's coming up with crazy plays. Maybe try Joe Webb out 
um, for some of those wildcat plays. So, I mean, I thought he played fine. I think he is what he is. He's a nine and seven quarterback and, you know, that's how he played and he played pretty solid, you know, straight up pretty solid football. He doesn't turn the ball over. It gives you a chance to win. Any update on Shady McCoy? Last I checked, some people think it's not that bad. I don't know, man. I don't know I what to think. I think he'll suit up. I think he'll suit up. I don't know what percentage he'll be health-wise, but I think he'll be active on game day. Um, agreed. Is there any questions that uh, – anything else you want to talk about? I think that's it today, Dave. Was glad, always glad to be on Numbills fan, be on here, kind of get my thoughts in. Looking forward to hearing the rest of your thoughts. Yeah, well – Kevin, as always, thank you. Thought we would have more time, but for some reason, my startup disk is full. I just added like a terabyte, you know, six months ago, so I don't know what's happening. Um, Sounds good, Dave. Look forward to the rest of the show. Awesome. Thanks, Kevin. Have a good one. It's Kevin from Lockdown Bill. So, Kevin, I'll talk to you later, bud. All right. So, there we go. I got the beeps. Uh, Very emotional day for Bills fans, I'll say, as you all know. And, um, you know, I'll be here for another 20 minutes, and let me see if I can get a hold of Mike Smith. All right, so uh, I found Mike Smith. I called him up, and uh, the wild card is now on the line. So hello, Mike. Wild card. That was a great episode if you ever seen it. That's always sunny in Philadelphia. But I'm doing good, Dave. How you doing, buddy? Good man. Happy New Year's. Happy New Year's. You too. I couldn't believe our New Year's this year, and uh, finally, just you know, I said earlier on in the intro, it's just like a matter of time before the Bills got the breaks. And you know, I always said that beating the NFC teams don't matter. And finally, the Bills had a halfway decent AFC record, and within their own division too. So, you know, things worked out the way they did. I've always thought that the quarterback position is overanalyzed. I played your clip earlier. We're out of sorts. I, I, this podcast would have it a little bit tighter, but had some technical difficulties. So I have a bunch of little clips to mend together that won't make it. So it's kind of like a Tarantino movie right now. Um, yeah, I called it. You know, I called it. So Pat, it feels good. Mm-hmm. You, know, you eventually call it, and sometimes you're right, you know. So I thought uh, Tyrod could do it, and uh, he did it. Absolutely, that's it. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was a it was a good game. I mean, the way that the Bills are playing right now, although we'll wait and see what happens to Mister Lashawn McCoy. Um, Tyrod has a few more options in the pass game right now. Um, even though Calvin Benjamin's not getting the receptions, and he should have had a touchdown two weeks ago. Um, He's taking away and he's opening things up for the other receivers. So uh, Tyrod is, you know, doing what Tyrod does. He's not turning the ball over. He's making plays with his legs. And the defense is playing better than it did when we were on that short midseason skid. Um, you know, I I was partly worried. Because remember when I, I made the call, I also said, that the Bills have to take care of business against teams that they should beat. And um, that would have been the week they would have played the Jets, I believe. And um, obviously they did not beat the Jets. So I thought if if they weren't going to make it, you know, people look to that Nate Peterman game and like, oh, man, if they would have just – if they would have just played Nate – or Tyrod Taylor that week, you know, it would all find a game. Well – that's only one of the games that they lost. I mean, 
They still lost against the Bengals. They still lost against the Jets. Carolina. Carolina. That was, I mean, at least that one was a close game. They had the opportunity. I mean, unfortunately, a drop TD pass. I mean, maybe Tyrod could have took a little bit off it, but I feel like that was a play that Zay should have made. Um, but even with Zay, I like the progress he's made throughout the season. Um, he had a rough going, especially the first half of the year. Um, he obviously is, I believe he finished dead last among targets to reception ratio. Um, however, he started to catch more passes. Um, and I can't wait to see how he plays next year. Um, we got the playoff game, so he's going to get some, some more experience this year. And uh, it's going to be a good game. I mean, right now the Jaguars are not playing their best football and on top of that, they're not a very good team at stopping the run. And I know that um, Marone is going to try to key in on Tyrod Taylor. So if they're keying in on Tyrod Taylor with a player, that's one less player that they can use to protect everybody else. And that's another thing Tyrod Taylor does for the team. Um, people don't think about it, but if you have to leave somebody in to get the quarterback at all times, you know, that's one less defender, you know, trying to pick the ball off. So um, he may not have the room to maneuver and make plays. I know he's going to make some just because he's insanely athletic and he can do that, but it's not going to be easy going because I do have a feeling they're going to spy him pretty much all game. Um, however, it's going to make it so, you know, he has more options to pass. Um, I'm project to see a lot of underneath crossing routes this weekend i would still like to see some screens but um again they haven't really been jumping on the screen wagon all too much this year um but it's the playoffs i mean you know when you start to advance and you start to get to the next level of football you now need to do some things that you maybe haven't done all season you do what works but you also throw in some wrinkles so it should be a great game on Sunday. Okay. Um, so, you got a little mic noise back there, Michael. But, uh, yeah, I had to blow my nose. It's okay. Um, so, I kind of look at it the same way. Is, uh, I, I, I think it's actually easy for the Bills to game plan for this game. Because if you can just stop the run... I think this is a game where you sell out for the run, and when people talk about playing the Bills, well, you know they can't throw the ball, so they're going to make Tyrod throw the ball. Okay, well, you know they can't throw the ball, so I'm willing to take uh, EJ Gaines, by the way. What a beast. What a phenomenal player. Super smart. Super smart football player. Um, and, and him and Trey White, I will take them in this defense for what they're asked to do over a lot of other corners around the league. Probably a top five pair, I would say. Like, if you really think about it, man, like game time, situational football opportunities when those two step up, oh, wow. And Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, they are just in sync. That whole secondary, Mike, is just absolutely disgusting. And as a guy who I've thrown many interceptions to in the secondary, I know you understand that as far as Madden play. They're working together. They're, They're where they need to be on the field. And if you're where you need to be on the field, you can make plays. Like, the first thing you got to do, you have to be where you need to be. 
the second thing you have to come down and make those plays. I mean, you watch it every week. You see defensive backs drop interceptions all the time, but you can't get that opportunity unless you're where you need to be. And they're playing really well together. Um, although the line's not getting sacks and stuff, I feel like they are creating a little bit of pressure situation. Um, so it's not like they're completely not having any effect on the quarterback. And to your point, obviously they're going to try to run and they're going to probably try to run often on us this weekend. So if we put an extra man in the box, I too am in the neighborhood of thinking, Hey, put it into, put it into um, Bortles hands and make him beat you. Cause he is known to turn over the ball and turnovers leads to um, momentum. Momentum can lead to points. And once you get the, the the train moving, it's hard to stop. So if they can, they're not going to be able to stop the run. They're not, I mean, the Bills defensive run stop is not where it was the first half of the year. And I don't think that trading um, Darius had much to do with it. It had probably some because he still, Regardless of the numbers he was putting up on the field, when he was on the field, he was taking two defenders. And that, in its own right, is effective against anything because it takes more and that frees up another player on your team. Um, so we don't have that player in the middle. But this is Kyle Williams' first playoff game, so I imagine he's going to be jacked and the motor's going to be going all all day long. So... We're going to have to contain the run as best we can, put them into third and long situations, and then just do what we've been doing all season. You know, man zone, disguising some of our plays um, and making plays. Like this weekend, I mean, they have to make plays, and I definitely think that they can come out with not only their first playoff appearance in 17 years, but their first win and I don't even know when the last time they had a win because I believe the last time they had a win wasn't the year prior when they made the playoffs, but I can't – that's not for certain. I'm not sure when the Bills won their last playoff game, but um, they had the opportunity, and not just to win next weekend, but to win the following weekend. I mean, now that you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. Um, a, a fumble, an interception – you can create points on special teams. So many things can happen. And you know this is uh, any team can win on any given Sunday. You know what team this reminds me of, Mike? This reminds me of the Giants. You know, Coughlin's about to get fired, allegedly. And and you and I and a bunch of other people are just, like, bashing our heads in, like, okay, like, yo, we like the head coach. But the way these players, this bend-don't-break defense sometimes freaking is like the Hoover Dam breaking, and other games it's not. And, you know, we're all stressed out because we, you know, we have to overanalyze everything. I got to do something here. And I'm one to really give the coaches patience. You know that. You and I have been really tight with Bill's stuff. And it's like here we are seeing Tolbert not being used, and then, bam, last game of the season. Dude is used correctly. Dude is productive, and that's what I saw in training camp on the Bills' good bend-don't-break defense. But it's like I feel just like you were saying, man, 
That's a very winnable game. If you can just focus in on stopping the run, if there is one stadium to play in besides Miami for Bills fans, it's actually probably good that they don't play a playoff game in Miami because they actually have some old heads that would show up, you know? Uh, Mm -hmm. So it's, like, actually nice that they're playing in Jacksonville that doesn't have much history of winning at all. I mean, since, what, Coughlin? So it's, like... um. You know, you had some nice players over there. Uh, but, man, I don't think you could pick a better spot for Bills fans to head to and to really, you know, be there with the players. And for the players to come off the airplane, the whole organization, to see the fans there, two in the morning, McDermott studies. Like, it was it was six degrees as I was driving home. And these, kid, these kids are out there, little kids, to greet us coming off the airplane. And it's like, man, and then Andy Dalton gets a whole bunch of money donated to his foundation. I think their goal is 150000 now. And it's, like, crazy. Like, that's what – I think it's really cool to be a Bills fan. And I think it's nice that we're finally in the playoffs and we can really just – focus in on winning this playoff game and never have to talk really as unobjectively about this team low-hanging fruit and you and I would talk for years man like you know I've always had more hope than than most people that the team isn't that bad it's just they're in a goddamn shit division well you know too and and we have the opportunity and regardless of what happens on Sunday and if they win if they go on to play another game or if they lose and it's the end of the season the Bills have had what I would consider a good season. I mean, the national media and many people around here, you know, we're projected to win, you know, five, six games. It wasn't supposed to be anything. They were throwing the, the season, getting rid of all these great players, but they were stacking up for the draft next year. And at the end of the year, we made the playoffs. We have the opportunity to advance this week and we still have all those picks going into the draft. And, my philosophy for drafting, and we're going to see how the Bills' philosophy is because everyone says they're going to go out and spend a, a first-round pick and get a quarterback, but I would rather them see them build a team and then get a quarterback because if you have, like, when Dak Prescott came into the league, he came into a team that had three Pro Bowl linemen um, they picked up a run, their running game was already solid, but then they draft Zeke and now you have a quarterback. Now you have a solid run game. You have a defense that is also on the bend, don't break, get turnovers and capitalize that way. And you can move the ball without relying on your quarterback to sit back there taking hits and throwing the ball 40 times a game. If the bills can adapt something like that, where they, in the offseason and through the draft, I would love to see them shoe off that offensive line, give better protection for whoever's going to be the quarterback, which, again, I have no problem with Tyrod Taylor coming back because I always look at it as who else is going to be your quarterback. I can't see them going out and getting Kirk Cousins because I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to be available. Um, I feel like Kirk Cousins is going to find himself in a very good situation and i could see him going up to denver if things don't work out because i think they they feel if they have a good solid quarterback they can easily turn their season around but for the bills i like the idea of building up the line maybe getting some more defensive talent to help with a pass rush 
um, because we were not very good at getting to the quarterback this year. Shoot something up this, there. Talk to Kyle. Be like, hey, you know, we hey, were man. so close. We were so close last year. Um, you know, can you give us one more year? Um, so I don't know. He he could be in line for retirement, but you never know. Maybe this resurgence of the team and going a place he's never been, especially possibly getting a victory in the playoffs, like maybe that will give him the the um, the drive to come back one more time. Um, because I still think he's got some 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 time left on him. All right, Mike, um, Mike, can I can I cut in here, man? You've got a lot of good stuff I want to go on because you're driving down a rabbit hole, and I want to hold your hand and go with you, and uh, you know, not necessarily <laughs> hold you, but I'd, I'd hold it nicely. Maybe move my thumb around a little bit on the back of your palm. But it's like, you know, here's how I look at the Bills offseason. They got two first round picks, right? So two first and two second. Okay. If there's a quarterback that is valued, you know, that could have last year been a high first, but some stupid shit happened and some other guys come and go, you know, we've seen teams get crazy. Like RG3 was put in there and touted that, oh, he's franchise this, franchise that. And it's like, dude, you media guys are idiots. He hasn't proven anything. And lo and behold, boom, boom, boom. And it's like, I, I made it a point last podcast. I don't think you listened, um, but I don't know if you did or not, but I, I made a point. That was uh, that was like, hey, don't make the mistake that you did before with Ryan Fitzpatrick. EJ Manuel hanging out with Fitz that year that could have afforded it. And really, you know, Doug Marone and Hackett expected them to be in there. So, I mean, that's a scar, you know, to defend Doug Marone a little bit. You're kind of screwing Doug when you think Fitzpatrick's going to be there, a guy who was okay. And he just kind of had a bad third season due to the other circumstances, too. You know, Juan says defense suck. Oh, whatever. You know, things happen, injuries. And it's like, you know, I think that what they got to do is, if anything, you extend Tyrod Taylor for two more years, and that way you lower your cap number for next year, and you get them some money up front. You take one of those high – you take one of those first four picks, okay, and you get the quarterback that you think you can groom to that. Or you use your highest one. If you want to keep it simple, do that. What you do is within the next four three picks is you pick a defensive tackle to go next to Kyle Williams to play Jedi, okay? Here's how you prepare. Here's how you watch tape. Here's the tricks, all right? Then from there, I'm sure you can find a top-flight linebacker. And we're not even talking free agency. They have enough firepower in their first four picks to get that quarterback to get groomed under Tyrod Taylor, who is the classiest person in the league, Okay, no one prepares more than Tyrod. Like, think about that. Well, it, the thing is, too, I don't know if they even need to get a quarterback. I know what happened to Peterman was by far the worst, you know, start to an NFL career in the history <laughs> of the NFL. But one game doesn't mean he is not qualified to be an NFL quarterback either. The problem that he had that day was. He was a rookie quarterback. He was going to play. It was on the road, right? Because they were in uh, yeah, LA. Were LA. So he's a rookie quarterback. His first start is on the road against the best pass rushing tandem in the NFL right now. So, like, it was a perfect storm for him to go out there and do what he did. Like, the stars aligned. They said, look, 
They're going to get pressure on you. You being young, inexperienced, and wanting to prove something, you're going to make decisions that you wouldn't normally make and try to throw when you shouldn't. Because the problem with his interceptions was he, for, for the most of them, he was trying to throw, but he didn't have time to throw. So he would start, but he wouldn't get to finish. And if you don't get to finish, you're stepping through and you're driving. Yeah, you might get away with some throws, but normally you're going to be thrown off that back foot. Or if someone's draped on you, your ball is not going to go to where you want it. And that's exactly what happened to him about three times. Uh, so I don't even know if you can write Nate Peterman off and say he just can't cut it in the league because what he did in Pittsburgh against some quality teams. Remember, when Clemson won the national championship with Deshaun Watson uh, last year, the only team that beat them that year was Nate Peterman's um, Pittsburgh Panthers. So he does have the ability to do things with the ball. So, again, I would rather see them use both picks. Don't get a quarterback. You don't need a quarterback out of the first, second round. I mean, there's plenty of quarterbacks. You're not even sure if Darnold and the other kid are coming out. Um, and who knows? They they might be a Ryan Leaf. You know, we don't know what kind. You don't know what kind of football player somebody is. Somebody I don't know, man. Ruben Ruben Brown brought brought up a great point on the John Murphy show. I think over the summer, and and maybe around draft time, and he goes. Do you think Ryan Leaf really sucked that bad, or was it the coaches around him? You know what I'm saying? And it's like, get out of here. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like that dude, Mike. There is definitely a point to that. We've seen it in Buffalo. It, these players it, get well, ruined. It, well, that's the thing. You get ruined, and if they draft somebody, but they don't, if you don't address the needs on offense, like Tyrod Taylor. The the good thing about him as our quarterback right now we have a terrible line can you imagine if we had uh, a quarterback like eli manning right now or maybe like philip rivers or something they wouldn't be able to get away from the amount of pass defenders um or defense alignment or linebackers that tyrod does every single game the sack numbers in buffalo would be way up so you need to fix those things and then who knows, by the time you fix those things, you might come to the conclusion that although Tyrod Taylor is not Aaron Rodgers, ask, you know, Tom Brady, ask, you might say, hey, he's like a Cam Newton. He's like um, a quarterback who's mobile, maybe not the most accurate of passer, but what he lacks here in that particular aspect of the game he picks up in these other aspects of the game because it's a balancing act. You know, you're not going to be the best at every individual thing, but if you're great at a few things, you can make up where you lack. So um, if they can shoe up that, uh, what I do imagine they're going to do, LaShawn McCoy is obviously getting aged. The running back draft class is phenomenal. So I could see with one of those first four picks picking up a running back. Um, obviously, he wouldn't, you know, knock LaShawn McCoy out, but he will be there, you know, as a passing of the torch because he doesn't have, you know, too much time left. 
They got to so, find a Luke Keekly in this draft, like right out the gate. You know what I mean? If you're not going quarterback, you got to get that, that middle linebacker for this defense, that dude who is lateral speed and wise between the ears. I don't care where he comes from. You know what I mean? Because I've seen a lot of SEC linebackers come in and not be so good. So it's like, you know, a lot of guys get hyped and then they're not used correctly or something stupid. And, um, but dude, it's weird, man. We got free agency coming up. There's some good guys coming up. Um, but dude, I want to go back a little bit more towards, uh, you know, what did you feel like when this drought was like over? Like, what were you doing? Set the scene. Cause I really want to go back to that. Because this is the drought podcast, not the draft podcast, and like you heard it here first, we'll have a Mike, we'll have a Mike Smith draft series. Okay, I just want to tell you that I was at my mom's because we were there. We were going to celebrate the New Year, so we got there to watch the game, and you know we had pizza and wings and all these other you know wonderful treats that were out, and um, so I'm sitting at the couch in my mom's living room. She's got a seventy. I think a 75-inch screen, huge screen, just watching the game. And then, you know, the Bills are in a position at this point where they can lose the game. I'm like, all right, we got this. We're going to be fine. So then after the Bills win, I'm like, yeah, all right, so there's one stop. And now the Bengals are, at this point, it's what, 20 to, uh, was it, 20 to 17, right? Yeah. And um, I'm like, okay, all right, so. Let's go Bengals, play some defense. And then they scored, and I'm just like, ah. So after the score, now I'm like, okay, our playoff hopes are in the hands of Andy Dalton. And you're thinking, that's not the best (laughs) safe set of hands. This is not Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady where you're just like, ah, comeback kid here. No, we have Andy Dalton, and I'm like, okay. I'm like, let's do it, Andy. And now you have this massive amount of people, myself, everybody in the room, everybody in Buffalo, all the Bills fans, we're all watching Andy Dalton, and we're like, come on, Andy. And then he throws that pick, and then you're just like, ah. And then the flag comes out, and you're like, yes. Okay, so we got another opportunity. We're good. And then we're driving. We're like, okay, we're we're making it. We're moving the ball. And then it starts to stall out. Now it's fourth and twelve, and now, now it's it's looking real glim, you know, bleak, if you will. And I'm like, okay, come on, Andy, come on. And then I see him, and then the play starts, and I'm like, man, he's got a ton of time. They didn't decide to rush the pass. I'm like, this is great. And then as soon as he stepped up, I could ju- I just knew he was going to complete a pass because I'm like, with all the amount of time, the play had so much time to develop. And then he hits Tyler Boyd. And then he breaks those two tackles because they did weak one-arm tackles um, on the back end. And he just races to the end zone. Now, Those were not playoff caliber tackles, let me tell you. No, those were not, were. I want to go to the playoffs. This is going on my coach no, here tackle. They were, not, they were not selling out. They were not doing anything. Now, I was sitting down on the chair, and Sanders, I had, the I had plenty of drinks. So I do a, I didn't exactly get up or jump or do anything crazy. I kind of did like a Tiger Woods fist bump. I'm like, yes, because 
at this point, the game's not over. There's still, like, because they scored at that point relatively quick. I think there was, what, a minute left or so, and it was a three-point game. I'm like, No, well, there was, go- like, 21 seconds left or something. Was there 21 seconds? Dude, there I was not much like, time at all. Like, I thought there was, like, 50 seconds. No, but the- in any case, I was just like, the game's not over. So I did a fist bump, I celebrated, and then, you know, they did the kickoff, and then they were able to stop him a few times. And then, yeah, then we jumped up. We're like, yes, the drought's over. And we were all excited. Um, you know, we had we uh, we had a shot to celebrate the moment uh, along with all the other drinks we had done throughout the course of the day. And uh, it was a good time. I mean, it was nice to see. It was, you know what, beyond just the Bengals winning the game for us, because I had a feeling going into the weekend I go, look, we have a couple scenarios to get into the playoffs. I believe that one of those scenarios can come through. It's just, are we going to win the game? Because we've been in the position where we could have made the playoffs before, and on our own accord, we just lose games, you know? So I didn't want the Bills to go into that game and, you know, do what the Bills do and, you know, throw up a big egg and everyone's like, Bills suck again. But, um, they did what they had to do, and then the Bengals at home, you know, for their coach, for their quarterback, they came together and played. Because, I mean, the Bengals are not a bad team. They've been to the yeah, playoffs they played in X Baltimore. amount of times they in the played last in Baltimore, eight years. Though. So, um, well, you got to figure, they also lost. The Bengals got shut out, you know, week one at home, so that was embarrassing, and you yeah. don't want a team – in your division to do that to you. And it's not like they have Tom Brady they have to face. They have Joe Flacco. Um, so um, it was a great game, great feeling, you know. And now I feel like our matchup um, is a good one, you know. We, I definitely think, have a legitimate shot of advancing this weekend. So I'm excited. I, I think that the Bills will be able to run the ball. Now, uh, Marcel Darius, I'm sure, is going to be quite pumped for the game, too, feeling like he just got discarded. But um, I feel like the Bills are still going to be able to run. I mean, their their run defense is not that great. It will be great to have LaShawn McCoy. I don't know. Um, he was carted off. I mean, I know the, the x-rays were negative. I think that's negative, more of a but... precautionary measure. Don't even fuck with it. Don't even fuck with it. Yeah. Uh, again. But I'm not... Even if he doesn't play, I'm not going to be like, oh, man, there goes our opportunity. It's just, again, it's just one player, and, you know, it's next man up. I know. He leads the um, team in receptions. Um, He does a lot. He's a dual threat. Um, Honestly, I thought Marcus Murphy was what we've been missing. Holy crap. Where did Marcus Murphy been? Like, where has this Ever since we decided to not have Williams as our backup running back. Yeah. Jonathan Williams, like, like. You don't think of it then. Well, we did, actually, because we were very hard on them for the decision. But how much less would we be feeling that uneasy feeling we're having about LaShawn? It wouldn't so much be there if we knew we had Williams. You know what I mean? Because Williams can be on every down back in the NFL. Um, So I don't know, man. He he showed some promise, but I don't know if I label him totally like that because we see the Gillisley experiment going wrong in New England and it's like with the with the boxing scheme change to his own, I don't know if he would have had that kind of success. You know what I'm saying? So Well the thing is he had success in the preseason in 
with the the first team. Right. So it's not like he was uncapable. Plus, he's he's a downhill runner. I mean, it's not exactly like LaShawn McCoy, but sometimes you need downhill running, and that's why, you know, Mike Tolbert, you know, we give him a hard time, but at least he's downhill. You're never going to see him, you know, playing around in the backfield. And when he ran over the the safety the other day, I mean, that was just a great play. That was just hard nose running. He got lower than the defender, ran him over. It's not like the motor got going too quick after that, but he got a couple more yards after the run over. So it was good to see. And, um, you know, even without LeSean McCoy last week, they found ways to move the ball and uh, get first downs, both in the run and pass. So, um, you know, the Jags have to prepare for everything. So, Look. We're gonna find out. We're we're gonna find out Sunday um, what we got in Buffalo. Like I said, anything can happen on Sunday. I would like to see them force a couple of turnovers. I feel if the Bills force two to three turnovers, yeah, this weekend, uh, our chances are really good. Like, they're, they're, six three they're six and zero. They're six and zero now with when they're up ten points. Well, that. So I wouldn't even be surprised if they decide to start with the ball. Really? Um, but I, I un- well, because it's that notion where sometimes when you're on the road and you always want to have that possession in the second half, but at the same time, you also, the, the idea to get the ball, go down the field and score first is also something coaches also think about too. Sometimes you want that extra possession, but sometimes you want the opportunity to quiet the crowd because the crowd is going to be pumped. They sold all the extra 3000 seats in the stadium that they were advertising opposed to filling throughout the year. So the crowd is going to be going bananas. So if you get the ball first and you can go down and put seven points on the board, that's going to quiet the crowd. They're not going to, you know, that's not going to shut them out. But then if you get a stop and you can go down and score again and you can get up early they have Bortles as a quarterback, and if Bortles is down, Bortles is not a quarterback that's known for bringing anybody back. He's good when he's got the lead and they're running the ball, but if you can get him down in the game, you're going to put added pressure on his shoulders, and that can just turn to more turnovers and more opportunities for your offense. So we'll see what they do on Sunday. I mean, you got to win the coin toss, but – um I think either way, because um, I can't imagine if the Jags win the coin toss, they're not going to kick it. But, um, you know, you got so, to. Uh, so, look, 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 let me, let me bring another topic about that. So, uh, I, I really want to touch on, on, on the players, um, really give them a moment, like Kyle Williams and Eric Wood. Um, for persevering, re-signing with the team with multiple contracts, uh, the forgotten guys like Fred Jackson and, the ambassadors of Buffalo, like Steve Johnson, and um, you know, even Aaron Schobel was a, a solid player. Chris Kelsey was stuck around the Bills for a long time, you know. And, the, and there's a lot of guys who came through the drought, stuck on the team, and uh, other guys who left the team became better players because they were put in better position to succeed. Um, even a guy like McCalvin loved the Bills and loved playing in Buffalo, and he went through a lot of adversity. Um, and it's like. You know, I don't want to do a podcast that has to do with the drought. And, and Mike, honestly, not really 
touch back on you and I becoming friends through the Chan Gailey years. And, uh, you know, Andy Lowry telling us, hey, they should start Fitzpatrick. He throws in the double coverage. You know, game three, Chan Gailey's first year, uh, he took the hit for Trent Edwards not throwing the ball game one, game two. Um, they caught him after it. So, and the players found out in the locker room the next day or something. So, uh, on the ESPN ticker, I believe. So it's like, I mean, uh, I touched earlier on the podcast, Mike, about a lot of Bills fans after a while with the internet now getting more educated than most fans around the world for any sports team because we're like, well, let's get to the bottom of this. And that kind of snowballed into this podcast now. And, you know, I hope to always talk to you on air about stuff and really can't wait for you to do the fantasy football thing, you know? So it's like, um, talking about the fantasy football thing, just to let you know, as an update, I have already entered five drafts for next season. Um, I'm currently in the midst of three and, oh, actually six. I've completed three drafts and I am currently drafting in three drafts for next year already. So I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be amped up in the, um, in the fantasy draft next year. Um, so I can't wait to, uh, teaser. I can't wait Actually, to have what that. I want to do. We got to do, um, I want to do a way too early cause these are way too early draft leagues at draft. Um, I want to do one after they do, um, after we, after the, um, combine and after the draft, Yeah, we're going to do a draft right after that. I'll like, tell you what, I'll tell you what for your podcast. Okay. So get your notes together on what kind of format you want, how many times a week you might want to talk. But, like, what we'll do is we'll do a numb Bills fan um, draft podcast together where people get to know you. And we'll go through all the positions. And I can even get Kevin Masseri and probably Eric Turner with some information, exclusive stuff for whatever you need. Okay. And from there, what we can do is we could do the numb Bills fan fantasy football podcast, but have draft series on there as well and really talk more from, you know, I I always like to talk about fantasy football because, again, Andy Lowry would laugh at me because I'd be like, well, what kicker is indoor? Dude, why are you overanalyzing it? Dude, man, that's points. I believed in drafting a defense a little earlier to get the point. I don't know, stupid crap. But it doesn't, you know, you're just putting hair sometimes. But, like, you got to know why or you're not. But I'll tell you what, get that podcast going and – what we could do is we can have an interactive, everybody does a draft, and we could maybe do a 10-team easily well, league we'll, we'll, we'll do ourselves. It. We'll do a 10-team we'll um, ball draft after the draft. It'll be fun. It'll, we'll do, it, it doesn't have to be for a lot of money. We'll do like 50 bucks or something. And the one thing I do like about uh, best ball is you draft more players, but you don't have to do any managing. You just you draft your team. And whatever happens, it's all point-based. There's no head-to-head matchups. You don't have to adjust your roster. You don't have to wonder about the matchups. You get the best player at that position week in, week out. And uh, I did champion two teams this year. So, you know. Well, there you have it. So, Mike, back on track what we're talking about. So, there's the Mike... There's the Mike Smith brought to you by On The Fly Advertising. Um... For three minutes. Yeah, draft. Good. We got you covered here this year. So give us a call. You know, we work something out. I'll get Mike's we're, number we're, out we're on good. air right now. Um, yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> I don't want. Oh, you don't want to. You don't want to connect with your fans, Mike. 
How do you gonna connect with the fans, Mike? <laughs> okay, but, so um, yeah, so look, 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 look at man, look at dude, 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 dude. Look, so we both fall in love with this team. Okay, I got into sports because you knew me, man. I was dealing with band stuff, and I have a problem with everybody, so like I can't work with people all the time. So, um, you know, I really got back into playing Madden and, and football, and you know, figure out like what techniques are for defensive tackles and you know defensive ends, all sorts of like stupid football nuances, but. Um, you know, really through picking your brain over the years too. And it's like, here we are. And, you know, these players are still around like Kyle Williams and, and Eric Wood and recently well, Fred Jackson was, and Eric Williams. That was the best part of the Bills win last weekend when they put Kyle Williams in the fullback spot and they let him run it in like the refrigerator Perry. And he got his first score of the year. And it's great that they, like, the one year he gets his touchdown, all the years he's been in the league, they open up the the rules for celebration and they allow people to celebrate. Because I don't know when they choreographed that, but that was clearly choreographed. It was a great, it was a great touchdown celebration. So... Uh, it was it was great to watch him be able to score. The only thing I was surprised, like if I was Kyle Williams, I would have kept that ball. You know how like players always run off with the yeah. ball. Uh, he didn't run off with the ball. Like he should have kept the ball. That would have been his own touchdown. That's dude, his only touchdown. Ever, I want. So. I want the Bills to sign Landry. Like no joke. That like I want that dude on the Bills so bad. Like Who? Landry from the from the Dolphins. Oh, Jarvis Landry. Yeah. Wide receiver Jarvis Landry. <laughs> yeah, I want him on the Bills so bad. Oh well, I know it's a, I know a, it's a hard sell right now, it, it but have like to be some bygones be bygones, you right? know. But like Tequio Spikes was a hard sell, but that worked out pretty good for Bills fans. They didn't care. They would have to let bygones be bygones. But honestly, I wouldn't mind him being on the team either. It's just I don't know. I mean, that guy's gonna you know command some dough on the open market. Um, he gets it done. Do you think they, uh, um, so I don't even want to go far that far down the rabbit hole, but, um, I want to touch base too on the Pagulas for taking a risk on the team, um, and dealing with all this pressure that is there from before them. So shout out to them for giving Sean McDermott the resources needed. Um, Mike, you and I have talked about the coaching staff just making simple adjustments. And it's like, I felt like in this game they did, you know, we saw some players being used like Tolbert as a glaring elephant in the room of conversation with Bills fans. And it's like, I've been saying it the whole time. Like, dude, it ain't Tolbert, man. It's the product of what he's asked to be doing. And that's ignorance. And that needs to be corrected. And the fact that it is being corrected. I love it, man. Like it gives me hope in the staff in the playoffs because it's a clean slate. Who's in front of you? The Jaguars. And I don't mean the Jaguars just because, oh, it's the Jaguars, but they have a lot of potential. They have a lot of first-round picks. They have a lot of talent. At the same time, they have not been playing the best football, and this Bills team is hyped the fuck up. They're getting well, off airplanes to seeing their fans at 2 in the morning. Come on, at the airport. Well, and that was an experience not just for the fans, but for the players and the coaches. Did you see, like, not only were the fans facing cameras at the players, but the players were facing cameras right back at the fans just as a, you know, a tribute to them as well. And, like, you know, because that must have felt good. But 
going to the game, you're right. They did make some adjustments. They they actually played the run very well. I mean, um, yeah, they Drake did. only Drake had is a 75 beast. yards. I mean, he did it at a five-yard a clip, but one, they gave up a 32-yard run, but beyond that 30-yard run, they pretty much had everything bottled in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, they had over 20 rushes. Uh, they didn't get 100 yards. Um, so they did good in that particular aspect. Um, so, you know, if they can, you know, and they don't even need to improve upon that. If they can do similar things next week against the Dolphins, um, that's going to put the pressure on Bortles, who at this point is in a you know mini skid of the season. I mean, they lost two weeks ago. They lost last weekend against the Titans, who are at this point are not you know the dude. They Titans swept the, the Titans swept the Jaguars, mm-hmm. and they did it simple. The, their their formula they put Leonard Fournette in check. And they made Bortles pass. So, I mean, last weekend, Fournette rushed for 70 yards. Um, You know, again, their team rushed for less than 100 yards, and they weren't able to throw. Bortles throws two picks and went 15 to 34. So the Bills, I feel like, can do something very similar. I don't think the the Tennessee Titans have any more talent um, than than the Jaguars. So... Um, or then the Bills, rather. So I think we have, a, like I said, a legitimate shot. I mean, matchup-wise, um, we we should be good this week, you know, and then you never know. All you got to do is win. I mean, anything can happen at this point in the season. So I'll tell you, I think it's uh, really, I love saying it, I'll tell you what, is uh, I'm, I'm really excited for the team. Because it's a clean slate, and, and Mike, we can finally weed out these idiot fans that their callback line is, well, you know, you, you can't do that. You're not going to make the playoffs. And I made the case on this show that it doesn't take a super elite quarterback. It doesn't. And it's such an yeah. overanalyzed position. And it's like, look at this offensive coordinator. He is coming around. He is coming around. I mean, they're, I can't say he is coming around. No. I got to give Dennison credit. The, the offense looks a lot better. It looks a lot better. The, the the team is also executing a lot better, you know. And yeah, it's like he's starting to he's starting to adapt. Um, they're they're using the players in you know different roles. They're I mean you got to figure, especially for Dennison. So he comes in, you get a new team. Now, for Tyrod Taylor, he's got new plays. He's got to learn. And now, not only does he have new plays, but he has to make connection with a whole new core of receivers. Um, Robert Woods is gone. Sammy Watkins is gone. Um, Those were his targets last year. Those were his guys. I mean, yes, he still had Clay, but Clay's been hurt, you know, uh, quite readily this year. And then he's got Zay Jones, who has been not so consistent, dropping passes. Matthews has been hurt, and then Calvin Benjamin comes in midseason. So he is still learning to develop with the players he has. Um, More time he has with all these individual players, the better they're going to be, the more productive. They're going to know where they need to be, and he's going to know and trust that they're going to be there when he throws it. Um, 
you can't that that just doesn't happen right away. That's something that happens over time. So um, it's good to see that happen. Um, I would have been curious, and although I don't think it would have mattered, but if Kelvin Benjamin's touchdown stands and Bills go up, what that would have done for the game, maybe the game wouldn't have slipped so far away. Maybe they still lose, but maybe, well, obviously, by not as much because they didn't score the rest of the game anyways. Um, but uh, we have a team that we can beat in the first round of the playoffs, and that, a victory in the playoffs – they already got to the playoffs, so they're going to be pumped up and up. If they can win this game on the road, it will give them more confidence as a team. Um, so it's going to be a great game. I, I can't wait to watch. What are you doing for the game, Dave? I'm not even sure yet. Um, my friend Phil Bedoin invited me over to his place for a playoff party. Um, not really sure because, like, the last thing I want to do is watch stressful football with people I don't like that I might not know who's going to be there. So I'm really not sure yet. Um, well, so that's kinda... a great thing, though. I was just thinking about that. When's the last time you've been able to have a Buffalo Bills playoff party? Because I remember growing up as a kid, we used to have playoff parties all the time. You know, we'd go to my aunts or my uncles, my cousins friend of the family and there'd be everybody there and we'd all watch the games together so that's something that we all get to experience again um that you know we haven't for the last 17 years right right it's uh you know so it's one of those things where i feel like fuck it man you i just show up and look forward to it because it's going to be amazing you know it's going to be a really fun time and uh you know, I shouldn't. I should just go and embrace it. And you know, it's really. If there's one thing that this season has proved to me, it's uh, you know, it's not always about the tailgating with us. It's about um. Like I brought you one time. It's really more about the experience driving. You know what I mean? Being there with our friends regularly and having the same conversation and finding a reason to hang around my friends that hasn't to do with 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 other activities. You know, it's like. We go do this, we just hang out, and it's that consistency. And it's really, that's what it's about, being the fan. And, you know, the fans might get some shit for throwing each other through tables, but, I mean, who cares? I, we kind of lighten up around here, and I'm glad that people are getting thrown through tables. Don't be an idiot, but, hey, whatever. So a couple necks get broken. Well, maybe some people won't go through tables. So what? <laughs> you know what I mean? You can start banning hammers and, and nails and whatever you know like who cares at the same time if you own the lot like the dude doesn't hammers lot full respect if he doesn't want that going on and if that's his rules respect him you know so i can't really blame him because when that dude breaks well, his neck you know aunt teresa's time, gonna come out for millions at, so at the same time well yeah you don't want somebody doing that on your property or in the lot but you know if, if you got some tables and you want to make some money hey you can uh just roll out with the card tables but Tables, gotcha tables. <laughs> we in some places they sell peanuts. <laughs> some places you can just buy tables to break. So that's what we should do for the next game. Just bring tables. Like tables, gotcha tables. Mm-hmm. So but uh no, it uh I can't wait. I'm pumped. We got a good shot and I think Bortles is uh Bortles is going to be the next quarterback we're thinking. Last week it was Andy Dalton. I think next week we're going to thank Blake Bortles. You know, maybe every week we can just thank a new quarterback, you know, thank a quarterback from the opposite team, 
So, you know, start a new trend till we get to the Super Bowl. Mike, I've had a great podcast with you. I'm going to wrap this up. So on behalf of PunchDrunkSports.com, check out their podcast. If you love sports, Ari Shafir, Sam Tripoli, and Jason Tebow do a podcast about sports. It's awesome. Check out Ari's Netflix special, Double Negative. It's really awesome. Sam Tripoli has a comedy album coming out soon. Um, also um, has a great podcast called Tinfoil Hat Podcast. And Jason Tebow also has Return of the Red State album up as well so and thank you to grandstand sports network for making dreams happen getting up to the sidelines from being a commenter and talking to the guy mike over here playing mad and trying to break down the bills and we got a chance you know all right mike you can you know you're welcome dude you know so hey thanks guys for having me dave you have a good one and uh, let's go buffalo all right go bills so all right take care go have bills you know, buddy. see you That's been it. Take care, everybody. Um, thank you for tuning in to the Bills Fan Podcast. I'm your host, David Palermo. Um, lastly, just want to say the drought is over. I still can't believe it. Um, try to tune to sports for something, I should say, positive or to get your mind off of things. And we all know that the drought, if you're semi-logical, really wasn't as bad as it seemed, you know? And... At the same time, it's just filtering through that dumb conversation of, well, 17 years, no playoffs, so you can't do that. You just got to start every quarterback you ever come across. You never know what you got. Well, it doesn't work that way. So the Bills got the breaks. They won the games. They did. They learned from a lot of things. You could say um, a lot of things about the season. I have went up and down with the coaching staff the last few weeks especially, but um you know, we're turning the magnifying glass, at least I am, on, on what's going on here. And I'll say the team's playing better. And I think the team is hot when you need them to be hot. Their confidence is hot when you need them to be hot. If you talk about a season, getting into the playoffs, 9-7. and seven, Think the Giants. They won the Super Bowl. Um, so it's like both those seasons, they were kind of rocky to get to the playoffs so it's like you know they got in win the super bowl and it's a new game it's a new tournament it's a new season it's something that with a critical eye i haven't been able to break down for buffalo bills football and i've never been a fan of sports this deep i was a fan of the orioles growing up some Sabres hockey growing up. But I didn't really like dive in a bunch. I was like the Vikings with my father. I like the Bills too. But man, it seems like the Flutie thing just set me on a path of what the hell is up with the Bills? Like the worst luck ever. I really liked Wade Phillips. I love Wade Phillips. I, I, I think that guy is an incredible person. And I wish he coached the Bills, you know. And uh, imagine following Marv, you still had Wade Phillips. You know, he's not a bad dude. And I still don't think he should have been fired in Dallas. You know, I think you're making a mistake. You just, you ride it out. Look at Marvin Lewis. Just signed another extension with the Bengals for another two years. Good for him. 
You know, so this team is coming together. They have fought through adversity. I have personally shredded some players and not I shouldn't even say shredded. I just called out objectively, you know. I'll take the blame if it's due. Somebody has an example. But, you know, I try to be objective about it, you know. And players, you got to give them a chance to blossom. Zay Jones, fighting through so much adversity, weren't in the playoffs. He is now a dependable wide receiver in the NFL. I can depend on Zay Jones. LaShawn McCoy, just fourth leading rusher in the NFL. I mean, can you believe that? Imagine if they were rushing. LaShawn McCoy could have easily another 600 yards this season rushing if we were playing the same kind of offense we have been the last half of the year. Which, you know, again, the offense did sputter this season, second half of a lot of the games. But, you know, the Bills kind of held on. And the Ben don't break defense. Again, I was talking about the defensive line prior, but uh, prior podcast after the Patriots game. And, and I thought that, uh, you know, they played the run extremely well against the Dolphins, and I have a lot of hope. I really have a lot of hope. I think the Bills can do it in Jacksonville, and there's no better stadium I'd rather play than Jacksonville, honestly, upon the Bills. Come on. Warm weather. It's going to be great. A fan base that really doesn't truly give a shit. They're just untarping seats now for the playoffs. Well, guess who's going to buy those tickets? I can't afford it. I feel like a loser because I can't make it last minute. You know, so... It'll be a great way to book on the season, but maybe something will happen. Um, either way, again, shout out to all the Bills Mafia, all the Bills fans for coming together with your own content and commenting and sticking through. And hopefully everybody can merge together. You know, kind of how Bob Marley did. You know, let's all come together here and really just be nicer to each other. Let's not overanalyze everything because what if – Tyrod Taylor gets a little publicity behind him, and then you start raising your eyebrow. Well, maybe he's really not that bad. You know, be open-minded. Just be open-minded. And um, at the end of the day, everything's been overanalyzed a million times. Sean McDermott did it, and I'm so happy he did it. And he stayed on a path. He's dealt with bullets being shot at him as far as media, myself included. You know what's going on. But I'm seeing them make an effort in situational football and they are, after he gets shredded for not going on it in a certain situation, you know, they're doing a lot more riskier things. So, again, credit to the coaches, the players, Kyle Williams and Eric Wood specifically. Um, even guys like Cordy Glenn and Central Henderson, they've been on the team a long time too. Don't forget about them. They might be deaf players or injured, you know, and incognito for taking a chance to come to the Bills and the Bills taking a chance on him, the Pagulas for putting this together and really Russ Brandon give Russ Brandon a lot of credit because he kept people signing up for season tickets and kept on building the hype with this franchise without Russ Brandon we do not have the bills get that straight take all the heat off Russ Brandon right now you have to I'm glad they moved Russ Brandon behind the scenes pretty much more to a higher role to run both organizations which is awesome we president for both right so um, shout out to him and I hope Rolf uh, Wilson is happy up there so um, I'm so glad that there's something to build off right now 
And like Mike was saying earlier, let's be smart with our draft picks. Let's build around this team. The Bills have a lot of hype. Tom Brady is getting old. You know how I feel about Tom Brady. That game that the Bills lost to Tom Brady recently, I did not think he was having the best game of his career. In fact, obviously, Tyrod Taylor uh, statted out better than him if you want to be stat guy on that. So um, there's a real opportunity in Buffalo for players to come. And it's a place to come play football. If you want to get paid to play your sport, yeah, you're going to have to shove some snow. You're going to have some adversity. But you're going to have the tightest relationships with fans and players and the most support than you'll ever get than anything. People are going to laugh at Bill's Mafia, hashtag, oh, you guys are losers, dorks. Yeah, last I checked, I don't see anybody else, you know, doing nice things, you know, setting up. There's companies that are out there, like 26 shirts that, make awesome shirts and they donate to charities and they'll do a special shirt all the time for somebody who could use some help for their family. And that's incredible. And that's fueled from the Bills Mafia fan base. That's from Del Reed. That's, you know, that's huge. So at the end of the day, we have one more layer of garbage to get out of our conversation and that's the drought. I don't want to hear about it after this podcast ever again. And it's not really going to hit us till the season's over. It, it hit us because we all cried. Don't act like you didn't. But the drought is over. And uh, on to Jacksonville for the playoffs. So look for a preview coming soon. Again, I'm your host, David Palermo. Thank you for listening. And uh, subscribe on iTunes everywhere.